You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Starting off with baseball, and Jenks, I saw this picture of mm-hmm. Tyler Glass now, though it was tweeted out by what I thought was a credible source, Codify Baseball, which is usually very in the weeds pitching stats. Mm-hmm. So you would think that they're not trying to lure you with clickbait, but there is this picture of Tyler Glass now that okay. looks exactly like Cillian Murphy. If you don't know who Cillian Murphy is, I think he's in the Batman movies, but he's also known as the guy from Peaky Blinders. And I'll say this, the two look uncannily similar, but I believe this photo has been doctored because somebody is claiming that it's an AI generated photo if you mix the two together. And now that I'm starting to see like the actual pictures of Tyler Glass now, I do think that's the case. But 32 million people viewed this picture. So I'm afraid that most people out there have no idea that this picture is fake even though they do look very similar have you seen this picture i have not seen this i guess i need to take a look at it that's the dangers of ai i'm telling you man it's absolutely crazy where now more than ever whether it's the written word whether it's a picture something can be generated and you have to do sometimes you have to do a deep dive just to figure out whether what you're looking at is the real deal or not right And I will say they do look very alike, but I think the cheekbones have been altered a little bit. And it looks like his lips have been changed just a smidge. Because I don't think Tyler Glass now has these cheekbones that Cillian Murphy has. But otherwise, like, it's incredible how so many people know Tyler Glass now just because Mm -hmm. of his resemblance to Cillian Murphy and not that he's an amazing pitcher. Like, we're not talking about some role player for the Tampa Bay Rays. There was a podcast recently where Aaron Judge said Tyler Glass now is the pitcher that he least likes facing. So if one of the best hitters in all of baseball says that this is the toughest pitcher to face, you're probably pretty damn good at pitching. Yeah, no kidding. That's the ultimate compliment. And I always think, would I ever say that? Why would I ever say out loud that there's a pitcher I don't like to face because then I let him know that I'm in my head but I did sort of along those same lines. I don't know if you saw this story. I tweeted it out, and it was it was talking about Joey Votto facing Zach Greinke, and this is years ago. And one thing that Greinke noticed was, and what he appreciated about Votto's talent was that very few players in the game could see the ball and anticipated a ball breaking like Joey Votto did. So. Zach Greinke told his catcher, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hang curves just right over the plate, just right there, meatballs. And 
Joey is going to anticipate those balls breaking because he has such a good eye for it. And he's not going to swing or he's going to miss. He, he's going to think they're going to break and they won't. And so he was throwing these balls just sitting there hanging for Joey Votto to take. And he swing and miss, swing and miss, would not hit them. And then figured this out later. And he had such respect for Zach Greinke having the guts to do that. And it was actually out of respect saying, I know how good your vision is. I know how good your anticipation is. I'm going to sort of use some reverse psychology here to get you out. And they developed a mutual respect for one another because of that. That's one thing about Zach Greinke. I think people see his stuff and they're like, oh my God, he strikes out nobody. How is this guy right. still around? But he's incredibly smart, incredibly mm -hmm. smart when it comes to baseball IQ and tracking his pitches and knowing exactly what pitch to throw. And then secondly, I had to think to myself, is Joey Votto still playing? And then I just saw where he is doing a rehab stint where he is going to be back with the Reds pretty soon. I wonder how that changes the clubhouse because this is a Reds team that's really found its groove. Mm -hmm. It's a young team. And we know Joey Votto is a good hitter. He's had some seasons where he's kind of been down lately, but still, the fact that the Reds are on the upswing and they get Joey Votto back, are you buying stock in the Cincinnati Reds? I don't know if I want to buy stock in the Reds, but I will say this. They're a fun team to watch. They're pretty yeah. exciting. And now with De La Cruz up there and the way they've been hitting the ball, and they've been so much better since he was called up for the minors. Then you have Votto back, and I know he's not at the peak of his career, but if you want just a fun team to follow and watch, I think that's the team. Oh, yeah. The Reds and the Diamondbacks. Those are two teams that I feel like the casuals would never point at those teams and say, <laughs> oh, those are teams that I want to watch. But believe it, because these teams have been really good. Mm -hmm. The Diamondbacks may be a touch better than what the Cincinnati Reds have done for the course of the season. But we do have some good games to get to, just in a single-game scope, starting with the Subway Series. Yankees-Mets, we've got this one a pick em either way, and a total of seven and a half runs. On paper, it looks to be a good pitching matchup, but yeah. these guys are a little older. Garrett Cole, not so much. He's 7-1 and one with a 2.84 ERA, ERA, so he's cruising but what about Justin Verlander? He's getting up there in age. It's not a season for the books for him. Two and three with a 4.85 ERA. So which way do you lean? Do you think Justin Verlander's in the same boat as what we've seen from Max Scherzer, where sometimes oh, man. maybe he's the more dependable pitcher, but you're paying a premium for just his name? Yeah, especially with Verlander. With Max... I would say it's a little bit different, but Verlander has really struggled. I, I, I still, despite what we saw yesterday, I still think a first five under is the way to go here. I do need to say for the record, I'm not a fan of today's card. Yesterday, I love the card. That's why I had six plays. And when I really like a card, I go all in. But today, I'm very meh. I would go first five under four based on Cole and how he's been this season, based on Verlander and maybe trusting him. Against really, this is about two lineups. That again, regardless of what we saw last night, are missing their best hitters. And so I would go first five under four minus 120. I'm not crazy about it though. Yeah, this one's a tough one to handicap, but I saw the strikeout prop on Justin Verlander, and all of the numbers would suggest taking the under. It's five and a half, and I believe it's plus money. I think it's even money for the under. He's only hit this number in two games this year. 
I think the sabotage factor is that it's against the Yankees and Aaron Judge isn't in the lineup. So that is one batter that you have to replace that normally is not striking out a ton. But still, Justin Verlander has only gone over five and a half strikeouts in two games this year. His strikeout numbers are way down. He's averaging less than a strikeout per game. And I think that's one of the things people point to in saying that Justin Verlander is no longer the Justin Verlander of old. He has 33 strikeouts in 39 innings of work. So if there were a play for me, I think I'd be hitting the under on the strikeout prop for Justin Verlander. I think he's somebody that's not too worried about strikeouts either. I think he is merely just trying to uh, be efficient and have some good starts because it's been kind of a rough season for the Mets stud. Let's go to Minnesota. Twins and Brewers squaring off after Minnesota won it in walk-off fashion last night on Carlos Correa's uh, big hit. We've got Minnesota minus 175, Milwaukee plus 145. Total of eight and a half runs. Colin Ray going for the Brew Crew. Three and three, four, four, seven ERA against Bailey Ober. Three and three, with a two six one ERA, is there a play you like? God, I want to lean to the under here. Money is coming in on the over. This is what I would say, and and this is the other play I do like today. I like two plays. I'm only going to play one because I had a good night. I don't want to go crazy. I would go Twins first five run line, just half a run minus one twenty. And this is more gut than anything else. I like Bailey over in this spot. Twins are playing with some momentum, had an incredible comeback last night, four runs in the bottom of the ninth. But Bailey Ober has allowed more than three runs only once this season, Chelsea. That covers 11 starts, and opponents this month are batting 175 against him. Twins are also the better team in the first five, so Twins' first five run line would be my play. I think this is one where I'd be looking at another strikeout prop. Because last night, that's what we saw. And that's why I kind of like the under in last night's game between the Twins and the Brewers. I thought to myself, hey, if these guys can dial up some strikeouts, they could possibly strand some runners. But I'll go with Bailey over, over five and a half strikeouts. Both these teams are in the top four of uh, strikeout percentage. Striking out a lot. And then we saw it last night. Between both of these pitchers, we had Corbin Burns striking out eight for the Brewers and for the Twins. We had Pablo Lopez striking out nine batters in six innings of work. So both these pitchers, I think, are live for their strikeout props. These teams strike out a ton. And uh, Colin Ray doesn't really have superior strikeout stuff. But Bailey Ober has been missing some bats as of late as well. He's hit this number in one, two, three, four, five of his last seven starts. So I think that's where I would go for this one. Bailey over, over his strikeout prop. Let's go Blue Jays and Orioles. Baltimore minus 105 at home. Toronto minus 115. Total of nine runs. The question for me in this one is, can Jose Barrios continue to deal? This used to be Mm -hmm. one of the least dependable pitchers in baseball, but he's really turned it on as of late. Kyle Bradish counters with the Orioles. He is two and two with a four, two, five, ERA. So I think that's the sabotage factor for me. Do you have a strong play here? I would go Barrios in the first five. First five money line, minus 130, which is always something that's a little dicey because we know the O's can hit, but so can the Blue Jays. Barrios mm-hmm. is a guy like you. I used to fade on a regular basis. But exactly. Man, he's been so great recently. You just can't deny. He's given up more than two runs only once in his last seven starts. Bradish has fallen off a touch this month, ERA of six, over six in two starts in June. Hasn't been quite as consistent. 
I don't know if I'm going to play it, but I like Jay's first five money line based on Barris. It's only minus 130. Jenks, I had this play, and then I talked myself off of it because I saw the money splits, mm-hmm. and an overwhelming amount of the money was on the Orioles. Number one, I don't know oh. if this is super accurate. I don't know if it's going to change, but it just made me think, uh-oh, what am I not seeing? But also, that's for the full game, and that is uh, factoring in the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen, which has not been good. So if you see the money going in one direction for the full game, does it talk you off a first five bet? Sometimes, but I also think that you consider it, certainly, but I wouldn't let it sway you if you really like the bet. The Rangers-Angels game is a perfect example yesterday where Mm -hmm. the Angels won that game, but I liked the Rangers in the first five, didn't play it like I wanted to, and that would have been a winner because the Rangers are so very good in the first five. So one of the reasons I like first five bets is that I like to simplify things and keep it simple. And when you can say, yeah. okay, let, let me take the bullpen out for a second. Let me look at production in the first five. Let me look at how these two starting pitchers stack up. And then it, it simplifies the handicap for me. But it it's a factor. But some teams just play better early on as opposed to late in the game. And then some teams have relievers that are going to give up runs. And t- some teams have shut down stuff when it comes to their pitchers later in the game. So consider it, but I wouldn't let it affect your handicap completely. Right. I think you can justify it by saying that, okay, the Blue Jays have a bad bullpen. So maybe that's why some guys are taking or some betters are taking a swing on the O's, a good offense. But Jose Barrios, four and one with a two, two, eight ERA over his last seven games. He has been pretty dominant. So hard to go against him there. Let's go up next to the White Sox and the Dodgers. Dodgers, big favorites here. Minus 275 Chicago plus 225 total of eight and a half runs. Jenks, it takes a hard sell for me to put my faith in the White Sox. I feel like mm-hmm. they're a team that should be good, but they're very underwhelming. Yeah. Is it Dodgers run line here, or what's the play? Oh, man, it's hard to find value on this game. Here's what I think I exactly. would do. I think I would go Dodgers team total over four and a half. It's minus 145, but you know what you're going to get with Kershaw? As for Mike Clevenger, he has been brutal on the road. Two and three, a 5.45 ERA, and the White Sox bullpen. We were just talking about pens, ranks third worst in the American League. Mm-hmm. Dodgers are always a great hitting team at home. Dodgers team total over four and a half. A little juicy, but I like it. Yeah, I'll go with Dodgers run line. It feels like a team that's hit their stride. The White Sox have a bad bullpen. Mike Clevenger is not going to be out dueling Clayton Kershaw here either. No. Plus, the White Sox have not covered the run line. In five straight games. In fact, over the course of the season, uh, they have not been good. As an underdog, 17 and 20 on the run line. Meanwhile, the Dodgers run line is back 18 and 13 at home this year. So it seems very square. I think it's the play. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.